T's and C's apply. This is Classic Business with Michael Avery on Classic 1027. The pandemic has certainly crippled some industries and brought giants to their knees. And despite this, well-run companies with uh, very clear and well-executed strategies have emerged from the crisis even more robust than when they entered. Now, if you look at Netflix, its shares sank 11% recently after it reported it was uh, 2 million new members short of its own forecasts, just shining the spotlight brighter on a competitor like Disney's performance in recent months. And despite the temporary closure of cinemas and its profitable theme parks due to lockdowns, it's actually done remarkably well. Now, Tasneem Samadin is a research analyst at Old Mutual Wealth Private Client Securities. Uh, Tasneem, welcome. Well-run companies like Disney's with their very well-executed strategies, really have shone a light on how you can do things the right way. Why has Disney, in particular, exited the crisis so much stronger than when it entered? I think it's just it was Disney's um, Disney's luck with launching the direct-to-consumer streaming platform in November of 2019, and it was literally before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, and. I mean, the world's already accustomed to streaming on Netflix and we have Amazon Prime Video, but we were really waiting for Disney to come up with their own streaming content. Everyone wants access to Disney's very deep content archives. And I'm sure there were many U.S. families that were very happy to have all the the Disney films right at their fingertips. So Disney's success has really come down to the strength of, of the content archives. And that's really helping to drive subscriber volumes in record time compared to what their peers have been able to achieve. And of course, it was COVID and people being at home, they were looking for additional sources of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So because the parks were closed and the theaters were closed, um, we really didn't have a lot of options. Um, but luckily, there was, there was Disney Plus um, to entertain. And um, not only the children, actually, much to to Disney's surprise, um, but but many of us adults. Absolutely, and I think, I mean, if you look at Netflix, for example, Netflix was the first mover in the space, and it was burning through cash to gain market share, and everyone understood why and and what the strategy was, but it had to keep its content fresh to keep audiences engaged, and it started out with a. A very deep content ocean, very difficult to get through all of Netflix's content. But uh, I think because it was the first mover, perhaps that um, was a a bit of its Achilles heel into a pandemic where we were all binge watching everything we could. And so much so that I found myself going into very obscure Norwegian Netflix series because I just (laughs) run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Yeah, that's very true. I find myself very deep in the Korean fiction on Netflix again. Um, because they have such such deep archives, and they Netflix started streaming in in 2007. So I mean that was a very different world, and Netflix is still synonymous with um, streaming culture. They really pioneered the industry. So Disney's coming in as as a second mover, but I mean what Netflix will never have, of course, is is Disney's brands, um, the Pixar, Lucasfilm, what Star Wars, uh, the Marvel movies. No one can really compete with, with Disney's archives, so it didn't really matter uh, when Disney launched. Though, I mean, November 2019, they really couldn't have asked for, for better timing, but Disney was always going to be a strong performer. And we've been invested in Disney for, for a couple of years, and there was a lot of criticism that Disney was falling behind, you know, that people weren't really paying to watch TV, uh, that streaming was really the future, so... 
it was it was just a matter of timing that Disney was going to to again take take leadership in in this industry. So yeah. I mean, Disney's still the entertainment uh, giant, mm-hmm. um, and they they still the market leader. Yeah, I mean, Disney Plus currently has, uh, I think, at, at last check. It was around 100 million subscribers, and CEO Bob uh, Chapek expects at least 230 million subscribers uh, by 2024. And, um, I mean, if you look at that, uh, it is a really steady, phenomenal growth play for a company that has diversified into an entirely new area here. Mm. And I suppose that's a lesson here, is for a business with the history of Disney's, is to continually reinvent yourself and and continually look to diversify. Yeah, I think Disney's success with the streaming channel, it's it's really been extraordinary to watch as as an investor and to sit on the sidelines. You know, when they first announced their strategy, it was back in 2017, and then launching Disney Plus, they said they're looking for about a max of 90 million subscribers by 2024. And then they just hit 100 million in, in March of this year. Yeah. And they now increased that target to, to 260 million for Disney Plus alone. That's excluding ESPN Plus and Hulu, which is also part of the three-pronged um, streaming strategy. So really the only, the only streamer that has live sports, that has the, the mature, you know, more adult content, and then also the, the family-related content. So they definitely have the strongest streaming strategy um, on the market right now, but it, it has been um, very exciting to watch how they've uh, embraced this digital strategy. But it, you know, they didn't do it overnight. It was a, a very deliberate strategy that they started executing a few years back. And of course, the acquisition of 21st Century Fox back in 2019, yeah. um, it threw some criticism at the time. But now with Hulu and Star International, we, we understand mm. how that fit into the to this new strategy. If you were to say, you know, these are the key lessons for South African businesses to learn from the way Disney has gone about this. I mean, a hundred-year-old business remaining as relevant as ever, going through the criticism that it did at the time with the with that deal. What are the what are the big lessons that South African companies can learn and South African business leaders can learn from the Disney case study? Yeah, I think it's probably that you don't have to be the first mover. You know, you, you, you don't have to be the one that's driving the innovation, but you cannot be complacent. Mm. You know, you can't sit back and say, you know, I am the leader, you know, I make the best forms in the industry, or, you know, I make the best product in my industry. You know, you can't take that view. And I, I think one key lesson with business is that they didn't have the in-house capability to take on streamers. So they started doing a relatively small acquisitions and started hiring people from that sector to bring in that experience. And that started, I mean, uh, probably five years before they launched their own platform. So I, I think the key lesson would be you, you need to learn lessons from the first movers. You need to identify that, you know, that innovation is happening in your industry and not be complacent about it, but then be open to embracing it and investing it and getting that outside skills so that you can also participate in the innovation. Um, that, yeah, that that would be my key lesson from it. 
those are great lessons at a time when I think many businesses are realizing that they have to adapt to a future that's probably been brought forward by uh, five to seven years because of the pandemic, certainly on a digital transformation side, uh, and how to do that as a legacy brand, as a, a brand with your roots in a different uh, sort of era, and how you can do that and uh, remain as relevant as ever and uh, reward your investors and shareholders, as we've seen Disney do with a price surge of uh, 30% in the mm. past uh, year. Tuznim Samadin, thank you very much. Research analyst at Old Mutual Wealth Private Clients uh, with uh, How Disney Has Stolen a March on Netflix. This is Classic